Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement, Girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com. What happens when life's obstacles cause you to lose your zest for life? I think I'd go drink more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess my next question would be what flavor? Well, um, I can tell this already is going to be a really deep show since we're talking about coffee flavor right away. Hang tight. It really is. Okay, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, let's go back to our question. What happens when life's obstacles cause you to lose your zest for life? And that really is a good question. And I know it's really Why, not about you. the coffee flavor that I'm <laughs> drinking today. And by the way, I am drinking hazelnut with a little pumpkin spice. So some case you wanted to know. I, I and, it's a hot, and it's a hot milkshake, basically, <laughs> in a cup. Um, well, going back to our question about obstacles, this is a really um, significant topic. And we... Because as we, anybody that's trying to do, whether it's ministry or lead an organization, you start out so energetic and ready to conquer the world. Mm -hmm. And then life happens. Mm -hmm. Life happens in the form of obstacles and difficulties and those challenges. And you can know it in your head and go, I know it's going to happen. But then when it does happen, it still can be devastating. And it can really... um, diminish you mm-hmm. and you just go, okay, I, this is not what I signed up for. This is not fun. And a lot of times you, you just quit yeah. because you're like, cause you start, you start to question yourself mm-hmm. in those moments and going, really, did I, was this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, you know, in ministry, was this really, did I really hear God's calling or was this really of myself? And you start really questioning that self-talk. Oh, it stinks so badly. It really does. Because when you have the Mm self-talk and I'm talking to myself, it's not generally really positive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, this obstacle thing really is, and and, and thank goodness we've had each other in, in ministry and in doing so when the obstacles come, we can like both lay our heads down on the table together and go (laughs) me too. (laughs) And you know, there, I, I know we've, we've talked about this prior to having each other, but there's something about having a ministry partner, um, where you can go to each other. It's even different than having, you know, just your, your spouse to go to, because you, you only hear the, the spouse only hears that self-talk, um, in the bad things that, that are going on. And many times we don't go back and go, Oh, here's the exciting things. Here's the neat things. This is what so-and-so, you know, has done. So they're kind of stuck just in, uh, the horrible things that were taking place or what someone said or what someone did. But when you have that, that ministry partner, you're, you're in it together, so you're able to go through the lows and also see the, the highs um, together. So I, I think in one of the tips with dealing with obstacles is, is praying for that ministry partner that you can be in there. I mean, that's why 
Jesus sent them out in twos is because you have that other person to lift you up and to bounce those ideas and process um, the, the, the self-talk with. But if, if it's not clear and specific, if it's muddy, like what you're saying, your goals, you, your goals and your dreams your and that, that just what you're doing in, in your ministry, um, it, it can't become dynamic. And that's where we've even felt frustrated at times where it's like, okay, we keep hearing that you have to have, you know, specific goals. You have to have, you know, these dreams, the desires know exactly where you're going, because if it's not specific, it cannot be dynamic. Well, and people can't wrap their head around if it's too vague yes. and too elusive. And one of the things that we learned early on is we both um, fly at 30,000 feet and we cast visions from that perspective so we can literally see the, see it. And, and, and one of our challenges, we'll talk, you know, it's either an obstacle, a challenge or a difficulty, however you want to do it. But early on, you know, we were ready to recruit people to this vision and to this, you know, we were going to, this vision was going to take us all over. And I remember we were casting this vision, which was, it was vague in Mm. its casting, but it was real to us, if that makes sense. And so when we were casting this, not everybody like went woohoo, signed me up like we thought they would, because right. we're like, if we would have heard that, we would have so signed up yes. and been like, yes. my hand is up waving. And then I remember when we did cast that vision at a lunch and people weren't responding back, we're like, well, what about that? Why wouldn't they want to be a part of this with us? We're doing this and this and this, and we can see that. And you realize a lot of times, if you're a visionary, you really do see things that other people don't see. Yes. And so I think one of, at the beginning, one of the hard things is not everybody's going to get it. So you do have mm. to break it down into specifics. Yeah. Like you said, and make it really clear and really doable, not like at 30,000 feet, which we're so okay with. And yeah. if somebody casts that vision to us, we're okay with it. We get it. But most people need it broken down into very specifics. And that's a good challenge for us to learn. Yes. Because that can save a lot of grief going forward. Well, I, I, this is just a, a random thought, but I remember when we, when we first started casting the vision on where we felt like God was calling us and giving us those desires of our heart. I remember we had some very analytical, um, amazing women that, um, that did join us on the team, but they were asking really detailed questions. Well, what about this? And how are you going to do this? And I, I remember taking it, um, like, okay, this is really annoying. Why do they keep asking us all these questions? And, and now, you know, learning to really appreciate those questions, but that at the time I took it as, well, aren't they negative Nellies? You know, why, why can they not see it? And realizing, I mean, we, I want to say we were really young. That's why we, we thought those thoughts, but we were young compared to now. (laughs) Um, just, that is a great tip to go when people are asking you questions. I mean, yes, you're going to have cynical and sarcastic, you know, people that, that are trying to poke holes, but many times it's because they know, wait, in order to get from here to there, we really do have to know the answers to these questions. And um, sometimes when you're casting the vision, you don't have all the answers yet. You, you can't answer the questions, but that's something that is like, those are great questions. And that's what we're going to find out together is how do we get from here to there? Well, and a lot of times what we perceive as obstacles because they're, they're challenging to us. Or like you said, somebody's asking us questions and we don't always have the answer. So it can be perceived as an obstacle, yes. but really it's an opportunity. And we, we're going to, you know, that's, I mean, we, I know that's an old cliche and, but it really is true because it, it's going to sharpen you and refine you. And mm-hmm. we are constantly students 
of, and even today's show, we are students of today's show yes. of overcoming obstacles, not letting the obstacles weigh you down, not letting them destroy you, take you out of the game. Cause it's easy. It's easy to wave the white flag mm-hmm. and go, okay, I'm going to move on to something else instead of sticking it and seeing it through. And that, you know, whenever you read biographies, which we both love, um, these high capacity leaders are these people that have conquered the world and changed nations. And you read it and you, you read the highlights of their life and you go, I want to be like them. I yes. want to do that. And then when you really start turning the pages of their life, you go, wow, they dealt with this and this loss and they lost this friend and this got this financial hit mm-hmm. took place. And you start seeing all the obstacles that they overcome. The difference in why you're reading their story as opposed to somebody else that never made it to the books is they saw it through. Yep. They stuck with they it. They didn't quit. And that's always an encouragement to us to go, just stick it out. See yes. it through. It's, you know, it's the ebbs and flows and it's those that don't quit. And a lot of times you quit too soon, right? When you're on the verge of maybe having a victory. Yeah. Well, I know, like you said, going back to, we are students of this show. We actually got excited because we've jokingly, you know, called each other Joshua and Caleb, um, which is another, uh, obviously great story that we can kind of um, parallel some of the, uh, uh, the obstacles that we've gone through where you see them that they, they stuck through. But then when you really read scripture and you see how many times that God had to keep saying, be courageous, you know, don't turn around, keep moving forward. And uh, we were also talking this morning, um, doubt is the opposite of faith. And whatever is not faith is sin. And we went, ouch. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you never hear people standing up in church and you know, we might say, I'm really struggling with, you know, this addiction or hi, my name's Patty and I I have this problem. But you don't hear people ever standing up going, I really struggle with doubt. I'm addicted to doubt. And uh, we don't talk about those sins because we don't want to see it as sin. We don't want to see that self-talk as, oh, wow. We justify it. You're a heathen. (laughs) We justify it. You know, it's those little subtle subtle sins that aren't really that subtle. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how to label them. And, you know, we don't want to to believe that about ourselves. They're but killing you more than, than other sins. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really are drowning you out and we don't, yeah. They, and we look at them as justification. We, we, we well, it's like, it always it. reminds me because the other day, and I know it's off tangent, but I, I picked up something and I got this little tiny, tiny sliver, um, you know, in my hand, a paper cut. No, it was a little piece of wood, you know, like a oh, splinter, oh, a splinter. Yeah. And I, it hurt so bad. And mm. it was just this little tiny thing. And I, I find when I, once I pulled it out, it was like relief. And I thought, and it made me just think, okay, this tiniest of little thing hurts that much. Yes. And it's just how those, it's those little things in life that really can hurt that much and make that much of an impact. Yes. And yet we overlook them. And it's like, you don't overlook a splinter when you get it in your hand. You're like, I want to get that sucker out because yes. it hurts. So it is sometimes we focus on the big things and st- and Jesus kind of said the, the log, yeah. you know, yeah. but yet we, you know, but those little things can take us out. And just, you know, as much as those big, like you said, it's the doubts and the, all that can really well, take absolutely. us out. Absolutely. And that's what we want to end um, this segment with is just talking about once you set your goal, don't let the enemy beat you up. Don't start questioning it. If you really feel that this is um, God's will and this is where he's calling you, then obviously continue to pray about it. Um, don't doubt if I'm the right person. Like Moses continuously saying, I, you know, it's not me, God, it's not me. Move forward. Uh, quit beating yourself up thinking, ah, is this my own selfish dream? Um, I know you and I've even struggled with that. It's like, okay, is this a pride thing? Is this a, 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 something selfish where God gave you those desires? 
and to really embrace it and move forward with it. And once mm-hmm. again, the other tip was to um, find a, a ministry partner and really pray for that person in your life that you can um, have join you so you can go through that self-talk together. And Absolutely. Quit doubting. Well, and just kind of as we start going into our commercial break, we want to leave you with kind of this thought, what is the difference between an obstacle and an opportunity? And I know we just alluded to that, but we're going to, we want you to think about that and we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be joined by our guest, YouTube personality, Jason Mayfield. Keep pondering that thought, opportunity, obstacle, opportunity, (laughs) obstacle. We're going to be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show. We were talking earlier about those obstacles that we have in our life, and specifically obstacles that you have in doing ministry. And we are so excited to introduce you to our next guest, our, our, our first guest, actually, Jason Mayfield. And Jason has overcome many hardships, and he teaches that we are able to pass through difficulties while thriving by experiencing grace for life. So welcome, Jason, to the show today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, and it's good to be on uh, Girlfriend at Radio. I'm enjoying this already. 
<laughs> I don't know what that says about you. <laughs> I, hey, well, is it okay if I'm just one of the sisters today? Is that all right? Absolutely. I... Now we're really going to have fun. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jason, you have um, shared with me just the other day, just some of the struggles that you have dealt with in ministry. And what I loved is just your, your awesome heart for the Lord. And then being able to um, just be so transparent in what has taken place in your life in this season. Uh, so just share with our listeners today, uh, just some of the story that you have going on on this journey to what's led you to what you're doing right now, which you are a fabulous, um, personality now on YouTube. And we're going to talk about that in, a little bit later on in the segment. Because Patty and I have already poured out our heart and been vulnerable in the first, in the first segment. So it, now it's your turn. We're passing the mic on to you, Jason. Well, <laughs> Good. I, what I'll do instead, I'll act pretentious and just, you know, and I won't help anyone today. I'll, I'll hold everything back. Uh, you know, I pray seven hours a day. My Bible study runs into about the 13 hour period and, you know, God's just good. So kind of like me, Jason. Yeah, I know. I knew that we were kindred spirits. Yeah. So uh, kindred in the disciplines. But uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. And I mean, if, if I had an area that really I can, I don't know if I can speak wisdom into it or if I can vent into it better. Uh, but, you know, just going through difficulties in life, in the ministry, but to always see ourselves uh, come out on the other side of it, thriving, um, I, that's really been something that has uh, encapsulated our life story. I mean, if we were, I actually want to write a book one day, so y'all can pre-order it. It'll come out in 20 years. But uh, I want to I write a book one day called uh, uh, Messed Up, uh, messed up, broken down and in Christ. Mm. Because I mean, that's really the story of our life is that we, you know, we've, me and my wife have walked through such difficult seasons, uh, but we've come to an understanding that we're the righteousness of God in Christ. And when we keep that really at the center of everything that's going on, we find that we pass through our troubles and we come out uh, better on the other side of them. So yeah, I, I'd love to share just a little bit of my story with you, if that's all right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I, uh, uh, my wife and I both are first-generation converts. I particularly, I was raised by an alcoholic mother and an alcoholic father. And uh, around the age of 12, uh, I was at a school uh, lunch, actually. I was just at lunch at school. And uh, a group who had done an assembly a few days before that I missed came to eat lunch with all the students, and they invited us to a, a party. At least I thought it was a party because my idea of sixth grade was kind of like what we would all think of being a freshman in college. I thought, all right, it's it's party time. Let's break out the kegs. I'm in sixth grade. And um, so so I, I, I went to the party, which happened to be right down the street from my house and it ended up being a Bible study. And I was totally suckered into the kingdom. I mean, they they flim flammed <laughs> me and I became a Christian that night. It was incredible. But from that place, even. Even though life had been difficult, you would think, and the way that we present it sometimes in the pulpit is, hey, now you've come to Christ, and so everything in your life is going to start getting better. And what I found was actually when I came to Christ at that early age as a first-generation convert, mm -hmm. uh, not raised going to church, not raised with you know God being a part of the family, but just in Southern tradition, maybe saying the blessing. And I can quote the blessing that we said because it was the same one all the time. So there was no fervent prayer in the house. And you know, and so uh, out of that, being a first-generation convert, my life didn't get better. As a matter of fact, everything externally started to get worse. My uh, my mother 
uh, ended up having so many DUIs, she ended up committing a felony and had to go into a work release program. My father, uh, several years later, as I was studying for my ministerial credentials, right after I graduated high school, ended up pulling a shotgun on me. And that was the night that I left the house. And so things actually escalated and got worse. But when I was 12 years old, something changed in me. Because the Bible doesn't say that when you get saved, everything's going to get better around you. The Bible doesn't say that the kingdom of God is uh, all, you know, roses and, and donuts. At least that's the perfect world for me. Everybody gets a rose, everybody <laughs> gets a donut, and, uh, and everyone's happy. But instead, he says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And that peace and joy are later on described as peace that passes all understanding and a joy unspeakable. You know, and I think of that, how, how would I, in the situation I was in, have a peace in, a, in an awful situation. How am I going to have that kind of peace? Well, it's a peace that passes understanding. How can I have a joy that surpasses a difficult situation? How can I still find fulfillment in areas in my life when really I don't even want to come home? Well, it's a, it's a joy unspeakable. I don't know. I still can't explain it to you other than the Holy Spirit of God just facilitating those things in my life. So what did happen then when you were going through these emotions that that you were craving that? Um, what was happening with me? What was I doing? Yeah, what, what took place? What was the obstacle where you were craving this peace that passes all understanding? Well, you know, for years, because this, really all of this started to escalate when I was about seven years old in our family. So, you know, from the time of seven to 12, you know, a whopping five years, but it's, you know, it's a pretty big deal for a kid to be dealing with this. That that was the escalation period. So I was always hungry to just be away from it. And the Lord helped me to see that I could be, uh, when I came to the Lord, and I don't think I knew it, I don't think I could verbalize it, but it was happening. And now in hindsight, I can. What was happening was I was really uh, not being removed from my situation, but I was being rescued from my situation. You know, and I think through the Holy Spirit and through the grace of God, and it's, it sounds so impractical, but when we really start to focus on God being the source, Jesus Christ being soul-sufficient in our life, we can walk through these difficulties while they're happening and still thrive. And that's what I found. I found I was just in them, but I was okay. And, I, and I, I, it's hard for me to explain it beyond that. But, you know, our life didn't end there with difficulty because we went into the ministry, which was supposed <laughs> to be a ton of fun. And uh, ended up, it's, it's been one of the most painful processes in our life. I remember uh, just a minute ago, one of you said something about how there are people who will, you know, there, there's uh, people will ask analytical questions from a good place. You know, I always say that there's, there's asking questions and then there's questioning. Mm -hmm. And, and some people will come and they'll start questioning you, uh, but really out of a, a ill motive. You know, when we went into the ministry, we found that some people are just, some people are just mean. And I got a, a deal the other day because uh, we're looking at doing some new ministry things in addition uh, or kind of on top of what we're doing with Grace for Life TV, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, I had a, a form out on the Internet just kind of taking some interest. And one of the people just responded to it and said, uh, it's about Jesus, not poor Jason. Jeez. That was the anonymous response, you know. And I told my wife, I said, that would get under my skin if the last 10 and a half years had just been a, a, a boat full of joy. You know, in a boat full of happiness. You know, if I was getting praised every time I walked into a building, I mean, I guess if I walked in and they kissed my ring, it would feel a little different. But instead, you know, they, you know, sometimes you come into church and they've got a couple of rocks they're ready to throw at you. And uh, so, and uh, so that's kind of been, you know, our situation even in the ministry. But we've seen God do a lot of great things uh, in that. And 
I've even got some things I'll share with you in a little bit uh, that are happening right now that we're just absolutely amazed that God is coming through in in the, what would possibly be the most difficult season of our life. Well, and we want to we want to get into that, and we can into the next segment. You, I want to back up a minute because you said something that really um, is so true. And I remember a couple of years ago um, at a leadership summit, hearing Henry Cloud said he, mm-hmm. he kind of categorized three different people, and one of the categories was their evil people sitting in your pews, and and. I I just remember because, you know, when we all go through that, you have those people that, and especially with the the entry of social media, people are just very free and flippant about posting comments. And, um, I mean, someone really hurt. I had to get to the point where I had a season where I didn't, I I just couldn't read Facebook at night because it was, you know, you would read where somebody had left and gone here or whatever. And, and, you know, as a pastor's wife, that that it hurts when people leave your church and, you know, and you always hear it's not personal, but it really is. And so it it got to the point where it's like, okay, I I don't want to lose sleep over this because relationships really do matter. And you know what people say, as much as we want to say, we got to get used to it. And it's part of the journey. It still sticks and it still hurts. And, um, coming to the, when I heard Henry cloud said, there are just some evil people sitting there. That was almost Jason freeing to realize, you know what, that's true. Because you always want to spiritualize and go, oh, you know, God bless them and all the other stuff. But it's like, no, some of them are just evil and they're there to be divisive and they're there to be critical. And once you can identify that and not try to pull them across the finish line, um, I think it's it's easier to categorize and to kind of get through. Have, have you discovered that? Like just really being able to go, some people just are evil. Uh, yeah, and I and I similar. I read a book several years ago called Antagonist in the Church, and I don't remember the author's name. I see it, but I don't think I can say it right, and uh, so I, I'll just avoid it. And, uh, but but the, he said in the book, he said, you know, you do have antagonists that are in the church. He said it's rare, but they will be there. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so the, the, the balance is that we, they are there, but we have to be careful that everybody doesn't come, become to us a naysayer or an antagonist or an evil person. Some people are just people and they're not as passionate about it as we are, but then there are people who are just dead set against you. And the, the problem is, here's, here's our issue with that, is if church leadership does not empower itself because the church leadership doesn't look to the congregation for power. The church leadership does not look to, uh, to uh, uh, elected officials to give it to them. The church leaders have to empower themselves because it's given from God. So the only person who's holding back is themselves. And if the church leaders will empower themselves to deal with issues, and what we've done is we've made Christianity just so nice. And now hear me, I'm a grace preacher I am a grace guy. I mean, that's like my entire focus in ministry. But at some point, you have to take the reins and you have to get in there and you have to get your hands dirty and you have to make something happen. And so as long as we sit back and we're fearful of what they're going to do to me or what's going to happen to me or what's going to happen, what are people going to think? You know what? Sometimes it's good for people in churches to see that the pastor's not always nice, that the pastor sometimes will deal with an issue. You know, and as much as it makes it makes the pastor human um, with that to see that, okay, some of these things really do stick. Jason, we're going to have to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we want to talk to you, some of these specifics like you're alluding to uh, of the obstacles and then how to, you know, just to encourage others of what that looks like. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can. With lessons in joyful living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We've been chatting with our special guest, Jason Mayfield. And Jason, uh, once again, we were just talking about obstacles and hardships. And you and your wife have have gone through quite a bit, just um, specifically in the ministry world. I know you were a pastor at a, at a church. And share with us a little bit what took place um, just in so many of our listeners who are doing ministry, and so many times we, just like Lisa said earlier, we see the highlights of what people are dealing with, and, and many times we don't see the low lights. So we, we <laughs> tell us your pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Well, I'll tell you one of my pains. I heard the guy talking on the way back into the show, and he said, grab a mug or whatever you, you like, and I've got a cup of coffee here. And then he said, and get ready for some girl talk. And I thought, what happened? What what has happened in my life all of a sudden? Now I'm, I'm, we want to say you've moved up. All right, you've hey, moved well, up. Let me just tell you, I was in show choir in high school, so it's not the first time that I've had girl talk or been a dancing queen. So I just want to say that right now, officially there for the. I'm sure that is a soundbite that's coming back in 20 years <laughs> to haunt me. And so, God was preparing you for this moment for just, girlfriend at radio. I mean, that's yep. what it was. It was it was the Lord. So, well. Yeah, no, we were. We were just recently, we were um, associate pastors at a church. I was actually the, the worship uh, guy and kind of, you know, sort of fulfilled the uh, senior associate role. And uh, but we were there for four and a half years. And, and about a year and a half after being there, um, we really had a, a revelation uh, of, of God's grace. Uh, well, I did. And my wife kind of just from the overflow in my life. 
really started to, to pick up on it, which I talk to a lot of friends and they say that's the reverse, that usually with this revelation, uh, the wife will get it and then the husband will get it. Uh, but for us, I really, it really just hit my, it, it turned my world upside down and really, you know, cruxed on this scripture, you know, of Romans five seventeen that says, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And it hit me that if I'm going to reign in life, not only do I need the free gift of righteousness, which is what a lot of us get in the church, but I need to reign, I need to have an abundance of grace, not just a little bit of grace, but an abundance of grace. And so uh, three years ago, like I said, this, this just, you know, turned my personal world upside down. And we really started to talk, even though we knew God had called us about pastoring our own church and, and what man. So uh, as we started to pursue that uh, privately, we were getting lots of offers to go to other churches, larger churches. Our church was a, a church of about a thousand, but we were starting to get the offers from the churches of 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 to come out and be their worship guys. And uh, we kept turning those offers down uh, because we knew where we were going, and we really decided this would be the last last associate pastor stop for us. And so uh, we started to walk through that, and, and in 2012, we kind of made a timeline that put us at the beginning of 2014, we would, we would start that process. Well, we, we had our second child because we wanted to do that while we had the beautiful benefits of health insurance, AFLAC, all of those odds and ends. And uh, so my wife got pregnant, and uh, on Easter Sunday, 2013, my wife goes into extremely premature labor, and we have our second child uh, at uh, 24 weeks. And she was a pound and 13 ounces when she was born, got down to a pound and eight ounces that week. And, uh, and really, we began to walk through what at the time was the most difficult season of our life. And uh, they had just changed our health insurance at the church where with, uh, with the birth of a child, we were going to have to pay half of it. So we went from what we thought was going to be maybe a $10,000 birth, having to pay 5000 bucks, maybe out of pocket. Hey, you know, the kids are going to get it one way or the other. So well, I was fine with it to where it was going to be more like we were going to pay $500,000, $600,000 out of pocket. And I'm sitting back going, oh, my goodness gracious, what's gonna, what are we going to do? Well, it ended up we got some rare government assistance because, like, we don't qualify for anything. I mean, I was doing well, so I, I, I didn't qualify for anything. And uh, somehow we got approved or whatever. If you're listening from the state, don't look me up. Don't send me a bill. Just leave it alone. Let <laughs> but, um, but anyway, we ended up being fine. And so we came out of that, which was very difficult because we were in the hospital for 91 days. We really didn't know which way it was going. We left a staff meeting one day. My wife and I both worked at the church. We left a staff meeting and went to get her because they had called us. And by the time we got there, they said, you can't take her. Her health changed in the, in the car ride. And so we had to wait longer and just very difficult situation. But God touched her and healed her and she's totally fine and like totally normal. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really great. And she looks just like me. Our older daughter looks just like Ashley. Our second daughter looks just like me. And she's my little minion. And it's awesome. And we have so much fun. But um, we came out of that and really we thought, well, this is kind of going to work in our favor because, I mean, once we get into 2014, we're going to be looking for this job. At this point, we really, the heart of the church was with us because we had walked through this thing and we were constantly told, it's not like we were trying to do it, but we were constantly told, you know, you guys have walked through this in faith. 
uh, you've been role models to the people, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and then on January 8th, there was a uh, emergency board meeting called because all of a sudden one of the board members is incredibly, incredibly offended at me about something that never happened. And, uh, and I think only church leaders understand that, mm-hmm. that sometimes you're at fault and sometimes you have no idea what is going on, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and to be honest with you, if it had happened, it was still a stupid thing to be mad at me about. And so it was one of those kind of deals. And so anyway, we uh, ended up really feeling at the beginning of the year where our job is in jeopardy. And six months later, uh, we were fired. But um, and I believe un- unjustly, you know, and it's been very painful because we invested really half of my ministry was there. And uh, so earlier in the year, they, they immediately muzzled me. I wasn't allowed to speak. I was, I'm an exhorting worship leader. I know some people hate that, but I talk when I lead worship, and that's just who I am. And, uh, and I was basically told, we don't want you to say anything else when you sing. And then all my preaching dates were canceled at the church. And so I, mm-hmm. I just started to say, Lord, I need to teach, but they've got me doing Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I can't, I, it's like I, I can't go anywhere unless I start preaching at, you know, seven-day Adventist churches. But I don't think they want an ordained Assemblies of God minister to come out and do anything. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. And, and so anyway, I felt the Lord really speak to me and say, what do you have in your hand? And at the time, what I was going to do, I called a friend of mine and I just said, you know, is this pretentious? Honestly, the question was, do I come off like a jerk if I take my iPhone and start filming YouTube videos? <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I never got around to it because I was just so busy, I, really trying to perform my way into keeping my job. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, I, I ended up getting fired and just in the exchange with everything, they had given former staff members who had left in my tenure I mean, large sums of money. I mean, we had one guy leave with $20,000, one guy leave with $15,000 to go into their next phase of ministry. And I knew I wasn't going to get that. I, I knew that the, the level of honor had dropped so low from the pastor and the board. And again, I don't even know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, and so basically I just said, hey, you know, what would really help me is if you just cut me a check for $5,000. And don't get me wrong, they, they gave me a severance. But see, I feel a little different about severance than other people do because when severance is connected to, but this is conditional on you smiling and not telling anybody what happened. And I told y'all earlier, I was raised by alcoholics and we like to keep things private in our house, mm. not because they were alcoholics, but because we were Southern. And uh, <laughs> that's what you do down South. You keep your business to yourself. Mm. And, uh, and so we were, you know, in that situation where, you know, don't say anything about anything and anytime that they would have a, a big um, a fallout, if you will, they would buy me something. And that was code for keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And I found that the church was doing the same thing to me. We'll give you money, but we want you to keep your mouth shut. I mean, that's, that's mob boss kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And so anyway, uh, we ended up getting enough money and we started buying this camera equipment so we could really do this show on YouTube. Well, grace for life, uh, TV or youtube.com slash grace for life TV. And so, so from that situation, we've started to do this. And to be honest with you, we have been living in financial uh, struggle the last few months. Not, not really in the sense that we don't have money, but in the sense that we don't know if we're going to have money the next mm-hmm. month. And so God's just been supernaturally giving us insight into how to gain wealth. And I know that sounds a little weird probably to some listeners, but really the Lord said, this is how you can get money. And go, so get it. And it wasn't by saying there's money in the wallet. You know, I mean, you know, we weren't doing anything weird like putting a, a gold card in the wallet and all of a sudden money's you know, showing up. 
but really giving us an idea of how to gain wealth. And so, uh, so we, we've been fine. And I t- was talking to a friend the other day, and I said, he said, are y'all fine? I said, yeah, I feel like the Lord's given us a supernatural insight how to get wealth and yada, yada, yada. And I said, but we haven't had anything weird like checks just showing up in the mail, you know, just randomly or anything. But I, I said to him, I said, but I'd love to move into that. <laughs> and, and my wife comes in the door after I get off the phone and she says, look at this check. And we had a check for $2,500 that we did not expect to come in. Mm. Now, come on, somebody. That's, you know. And so yeah. anyway, we've had these moments. And yesterday, and I was just telling you guys in the break, yesterday my wife was offered a co-manager position at the loft out of the blue. She doesn't work there. So they're not hiring. They're hiring her external, doesn't work there. She just went in, had an interview to be one of the, you know, salespeople on the floor, cash register lady, and gave her a co-manager position. And just incredible uh, how God's providing for us. That's going to take care of all of our financial needs right now. And so so we're walking through some of the difficulty. And uh, I know I'm probably cutting into our time. So just tell the next show that we're going to have to take over their, their airtime today. <laughs> Well, Jason, we do have just less than uh, two minutes to to uh, to wrap it up, and we just, you know, it is really hard in ministry. It's not um, if the those moments happen; it's when they do, and how how you handle them. And um, I think every pastor at some any level of ministry has experienced some kind of disappointment like that. You know, and it's different, but those disappointments, and you're where you're watching God in that crisis of faith. It's like. How big is God in this? Do I really believe God is in, in all of this? And this is devastating. And and yet those stories and, and your story is is encouraging just to offer hope and how God kind of pushes you maybe in a different direction and, and shows things. And if you don't allow it to define you and and to really cause you to be to be bitter. So we appreciate just hearing your attitude and you guys working through that. And um, again, you can find more about Jason and your YouTube and what you're doing um, on our site at girlfriendit.com. We have a link there to you, Jason. Again, thank you for joining our show and being a part of it and just being vulnerable because that's really hard. And I, I know Patty and I have, have, you know, once you can start doing that, it, it is kind of freeing. So thank you again for being on our show. And we just want to um, leave John Wooden, Wood, Wooden <laughs> had said, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. So yeah. as we go into our break, we just want to challenge everybody just to think about what are those things that you really can do? How do, Maybe you need to change your focus and your perspective to really embrace and like Jason, like you said, to really thrive. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. 
If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have been talking today, um, what happens when life's obstacles cause you to lose your zest for life? And um, just in the conversation, especially the obstacles in ministry, and I, I'm going to throw something, throw a loop out here. Uh-oh. Yeah, you, you and I haven't really talked about this, but I had just finished reading um, a, a book, and now, of course, I can't read <laughs> Bill Bill Wilkinson. What was the um, – anyway, uh, just talking about uh, – it'll come Bruce to me. Bruce Wilkinson? Yes, Bruce. Good old Bruce. We go way back. <laughs> <laughs> the book made a big impact. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about when you're having obstacles and you're feeling the pain, to really do a self-check and reevaluate, to take that time, and, and one of his tips is just step back. Because is it because of sin in your life, or are you being pruned um, because God's moving you into a, a different path? And um, sometimes I don't do those self-checks. I, I remember there was a time in, in our life where we were doing ministry and we had some major road bumps and we had um, prayer intercessors. And one of them had said while we were going through this uh, major obstacle, you know, take, take a look, you know, do you guys have sin in your life? And I remember you and I looking at each other going, is it I, is it I, am I the one causing us to fall here? But I mean, I, I, we we know that God goes through everything with us, just like as we started out in the show talking about Joshua. Um, he he wasn't over here going, all right, Joshua, let's let's get a checklist out and see how much sin. He he was saying, no, I love you, and I'm going through this with you. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I am with you here. But um, I think it is good though to do a self check and go, all right, maybe maybe God's pruning me here and. One of the ways in that evaluation is to take a peek at where the fruits are, because if if you don't have any fruits, most likely then it's not God honoring. If you do have the fruits, then yeah, you're being pruned to have produce more fruits. Well, and what you're saying leads to a good point. Is like how teachable are you? Mm. And that's that's one of the things you find in just in conversations or when you're dealing with tension or conflict with people, if people are not teachable, Mm. you can't, you can't move past it. And so I think we each need to look at our life and go, am I teachable in this moment? 
What am I learning? What is God trying to tell me or teach me? What part of this do I need to own mm. and to move forward? And I think as a leader, being vulnerable to other the people are, you know, even being willing to come back and go, you know what? I got to tell you, I own that. Yeah. I, you know, I missed the mark on that one or whatever. But when, you, when you're having that conversation with somebody and they are just, you know, they're so set on being right yeah, and that they're convinced they're right and they have no part in it. You can't really work through it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we have to look at ourselves, like you said, the self-check and go, am I doing that with God? Am mm-hmm. I going, God, I'm right. Yeah. You know, we might not be so bold in our words like that and obvious, but, but it's we're like justifying. Our, yes. Yeah. Yes. In ourself, that self-talk that we talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah. Cause it can be negative and it can also be very, ju- we're trying to justify ourselves because we don't mm-hmm. want to really deal with the real issues. And, and it could be those obstacles could be in place because of, of situations of what other people have done. And so it is really easy to point the finger, but truly if you're going through life, pointing the fingers and always blaming other people. I tell my kids that all the time when they come home and they're, you know, it's, it's because of that teacher or that professor or that, that person, Mm -hmm. you know, on the team that is acting this way. It's like after a while, if, if those fingers are always out, you run out of fingers and you have to start, you have to start looking at, okay, what part am I playing in this? If, everybody's annoying. Exactly. You might be the one that's instigating all of that. Yeah. So definitely avoid blaming others and sometimes blaming yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we talk with a lot of women that you are just, okay, you have to get out of this victim role. You have to get out of the, um, continuously feeling inadequate because Mm -hmm. just like we said, when you're doubting all the time, that's, that's sin as well. And sometimes that goes back to a temperament Mm. Um, because certain temperaments are harder on themselves and can't move forward. And even you and I, our temperaments, I'm more of the ones that will, that will take it and hold it where you can, you honestly can move past it quicker than I can, Mm. which I, I love. I wish I was more that way because I tend to mull it over a little bit more and dwell on it where you can, you can move past. And I think part of that's a temperament thing too. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think understanding your temperament and how you do respond to obstacles and to failure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people hold it in more. Some people are able to kind of go, you know, blow it off. I'm not saying you do that or people, but, but you know, in a, in a way you're, oh, you're not no, letting it sink. I heard that loud yeah. and uh-huh. clear. You that. I heard... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do now I'm really getting off track, but I, it just, when you said that, it made me think of a really funny story. There was an obstacle in our life and we had to talk to, um, another ministry leader in a situation where there was some conflict going on in a partnership and how I did like just plow over. I think you actually had a steamroller like name for me at that moment. And (laughs) as we sat in the hotel room with her and I was like, good to go. We, we put it out there. We shared the conflict. We were like, you know, in my mind, I thought it was, you moved on. I, I was ready for the next day. And uh, we always laugh because you, you sat there and made sure, you know, everything we, we, we say, I steamroll and then you wrap it up and put a bow on it. So I have to say, I admire, this is turning into a therapy session. I admire (laughs) your gifts that you bring to the table and that. So like you said, when you really recognize your temperament, um, you can use your strengths in that way. Mm And just be aware of it to know, okay, I, I have to move on here. I, or what is it, a, what it about this is, is a temperament thing that I need to get past, you know, that I'm, I'm making more out of it because of my temperament or I'm not making enough out of it because of my temperament, you know, and which goes back to like a, having a positive attitude about Absolutely. it, being able to see and I, and I know we've had some, you know, situations where at the time 
you're, you're devastated, you know, it's a loss or, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a rejection or, or whatever. And then, you know, it's, you have to learn through time after processing, you have to grieve. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to grieve loss to grieve. You have to go through that grieving process. And, and then when you come out being able to come out going, okay, I'm going to thank God for that. I don't mm. understand why I'm thanking him, but I'm going to thank him that that happened because for whatever reason he, you know, it did. Yeah. And me dwelling on it is not going to change anything. So just that positive attitude. But, it, it, you know, I'm not saying like a fluffy positive, like that's not real, but come to that point where I can genuinely be mm-hmm. positive, where I'm not every time I hear a certain situation or a name, I don't get this cringe in my stomach, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? I, I Changing your attitude and becoming positive and being grateful, I think is so big. And, and we just can't even say that enough. When you turn into say it again, then. I'm going to say it again. You be grateful, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you turn into a grateful person because then once you start being grateful, you start seeking solutions and you're able to take action rather than when you're spiraling out of control. You and you're that negative Nelly that no one wants to be around you're anyway, in the mud. and you don't even want to be with yourself. Exactly. It's like I don't even like me right now. One is the loneliest <laughs> number right here. <laughs> but you start even if you force yourself, and we say this a lot uh, about just waking up in the morning and going, I am forcing myself to think of three, three things to be grateful for, and you can't. You're not allowed to give. The same three things over and over and over again, but then you become grateful and then you're able to get out of the mud slowly and yeah. start. Well, it changes solutions. your perspective. And that's what it's all about is how, what do I need to do to change my lens and my perspective and, and look for a new direction where this might be taking, you know, and, and instead of going, okay, I've, I've been so focused on this path. You're not seeing maybe, the doors open. Yeah. And maybe I need to, you know, move my, my eyes over to the right a little bit more and see where that's going to lead and go. And, and get off this one path that I'm so trying to hold on to so desperately. Yeah. Because we I, like scenic paths anyway. We do like <laughs> and, and And speaking of the, the scenic path, um, when you're doing that and, and being great, grateful, looking for the silver lining as you're going through that path, like really see the things that, that what you can do that God has gifted you with to be able to serve others. And so many times it's easy to get caught up on how this is affecting me, me, me. But when you're in those obstacles to really start looking at how I can serve those out there, I I truly believe you really don't experience Jesus until you are serving others and knowing I couldn't do this by, by myself. I have to have him here with me. And that's when you really can have that relationship with him. Well, and we love quotes, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a quote mode here. Yes. Helen Keller said this, Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition-inspired, and success achieved. There's a lot there, but it's such a great thing because through those trials and through those difficulties, our character is being developed, and we fight it. Mm-hmm. And really, and I know we have seen that in our own life. When you've gone through certain things, it's like, okay, when you come out on the other side, mm-hmm. sometimes going through that valley is very painful. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, too, we want to put a time frame on it. It's like, okay, I want to be through this in two days. Yeah. And it's like, it may take two years. Yeah. It may take two months. You can't, it's like a grieving process. Mm-hmm. We want to put a, a time limit on somebody's grieving period. 
Yeah. And, and we want someone else to fill our pain and be in the, in the grieving with us. This is just a side note. Cause I, I know you and I have a big smile on your face because <laughs> I think of the times I'm laughing at the last time I was grieving and kind of moping around saying something that had taken place and you didn't, you didn't fall in for it. You just sat there and listened to me. And um, sometimes you need that as well. You can't always have someone that goes, I know, me yes. too. And I remember complaining to you even about it, going, I needed you to say me too. And instead, you're, it was more of that buck up girl and get on with it. It's like, well, I don't want to spend any more time with you today. <laughs> we are done right now. <laughs> I'm going to find another person I can commiserate with, commiserate with me. Yes. You're yes. not being a true girlfriend today. <laughs> well, but it, it, that is, you have to laugh the journey too yes. and give each other space. And then, and then, you know, when you, sometimes you're just pouring your heart out and just, you look at somebody with a smile and you want to <laughs> smack them, but then you really need that smile. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's never fun, but you need those people in your life that are going to be real to you. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to go quote again oh, because yeah. as we're okay. winding down the show, Thomas Edison once said, don't call it a failure, call it an education. So I think basically what that's saying for you and me is we are highly educated. Highly educated. Yes. Yes, we are. Uh-huh. And so I, I like that we're talking about perspective. That's a way of looking at it. Are you highly educated yes. out there to our listeners? And, and are you, you know, instead of looking at a failure going, I'm highly educated in this. It's a whole new way of looking at it. And it can change your life, change your perspective, change your direction. And, and maybe it'll help you see it through and, you know, you, you never know what's going to come out at the end. So, yeah, you're, you keep having this smile on your face. I wish people could see this because it's like, I, I think it's kind of an evil smile, but I'll take it as a good one. So we just want to say thank you for joining our show today. And hopefully you guys are walking away with some t- tips and tricks on how to, you know, really respond to those obstacles, those difficulties in life, truly see them as a blessing and be able to thank God for them. Thank you for joining our show. Until next time, you've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Dernigan. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.